Hey everyone, I'm John Steele, and this is After Four, a podcast for InterVarsity alumni. Life after college is hard, and even a great experience with your InterVarsity chapter doesn't shield you from the challenges of transition. As we hear stories from real alumni learning how to make it in their post-InterVarsity reality, my hope is that this podcast will offer some encouragement, a few laughs, and even some hope for the future. This is After Four, and these are your stories. Welcome, everybody, to After Four, the podcast for InterVarsity alumni. I'm John Steele, and it's another great day to be alive and another great day to do this podcast thing together. Okay, totally random, real-life moment here that's completely unrelated to the podcast. There aren't that many noteworthy things that happened to me in my life, so I wanted to share. And I guess this isn't as much noteworthy as embarrassing, but hey. Uh, You know those moments when you publicly do something really embarrassing? Like when you're sitting in the middle of the student union eating lunch, have a mouthful of carrots, and feel a surprise sneeze coming on, and are faced with the snap decision of, do I want chewed up carrots to exit my mouth or my nose? Because the only control I have in this situation is whether I open my mouth or keep it closed. Okay, it's not that situation exactly this time, though that has happened to me, but it's in that neighborhood. This situation was in front of my church. So I'm the worship leader for our church, and we're starting the second song of our set for the morning. I start to become rather aware that no one in the congregation is really singing along with me. I continue on, though, thinking, yeah, they're just more contemplative than usual this morning. Keep on singing, big smile, no one out there is singing along with me, still. And as I approach the first chorus, I come to understand why no one is singing along. Somehow, I had made it through an entire verse of the song without realizing that I was in the wrong key. Some people have nightmares about being naked in front of people while giving a speech. Some people fear death. My fears include walking into the automatic doors at the grocery store because they didn't open and singing in the wrong key on stage. And now both of my fears have been realized. Anyway, I kept playing my guitar, but sheepishly backed away from the mic to try my best to find the key again. I tried and failed, tried and failed, and just when I thought that I was going to have to stop the song altogether, thank God for our pastors and their family sitting up in the front row because they knew the right key and started yelling out the tune for me. The rest of the song, and thankfully the worship set, went off without a hitch. So, thank you to my pastors, and there it is, my embarrassing story for the week. Thankfully, in the episode you're about to listen to, I don't do any singing, so no key issues this time. Uh, This week, you get to listen in on my chat with Ellen, an alumna of the UW-Stout chapter in Menominee, Wisconsin. She has a fantastic story of coming to faith in college and its impact on her whole family. We also talked about job-searching realities in the midst of COVID and how she's met with God in the middle of a lot of disappointment. I'll also note that this conversation was recorded on March 16th, and it was just a few hours after our chat that we learned of the mass shootings in Atlanta where eight people were killed, six of which were Asian and Asian American women. Given the timing... I'd invite you to keep that reality in mind as Ellen and I chat very briefly about racism toward the Asian American community. All right, enjoy my chat with Ellen. Ellen, welcome to the podcast. I'm really glad to have you here. Thanks for having me. For the people listening who don't know you, tell me where did you go to school and when did you graduate? I graduated this past summer in 2020 from UW-Stout. And what did you study while you were there? Human Development and Family Studies with the Student Design Concentration in Public Relations. 
Okay. And tell me just a little bit about the topics of discussion in majors like that. What kind of things were you looking into? So I pretty much studied about human interactions and relationships, whether that's family, romantic, or friendships, and then also physical development and governmental healthcare stuff. Tell me a little bit about what that area of study looks like in application. What are different jobs that you would be able to do with something like that? A lot of people that I know are going into therapy. Some people are going to psychology or sociology. But for me, I'm going towards nonprofits. And are there particular people groups that you're hoping to work with using your major? I just know that I want to work with disadvantaged populations. Being a person of color and having a disability made up my mind and why I want to go into helping this population or this sort of work. So people groups that you identify pretty closely with yourself are motivating for you in this field of study and this field of application. I'll be interested to hear a little bit more what some of that looks like right now for you. Uh, but before we get into that, I would love to hear a little bit about your story with InterVarsity. Can you tell me, uh, looking back, how it was that you got involved with InterVarsity in the first place as a student? Honestly, I was thinking about this earlier and I was like, Okay, it has to be back in my freshman year, which semester I honestly don't remember. I think it was my fall semester, and they were having a photo night. My roommate at that time was invited, and she extended the invitation. And I was like, I wasn't invited, so I don't know if I should go. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, no, 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 like, let's just all go. And she gathered a group of us. And also, I don't like photos, so <laughs> I was kind of like, why would I even go if I don't even like to eat the food? But she was like, you know, you should just socialize. And so um, that's why I went and got in contact with one of the members and was like, oh, what is university? What does this org do? Um, and she was telling me, oh, we do Bible studies. We do large group. We play volleyball. We do a whole bunch of stuff together. And I just thought, oh, that's really cool. I haven't seen an org that is so versatile. And by the end of the night, I gave them my contact information. And by the following week, they texted me, oh, we're having a large group. And being my freshman self <laughs> and wanting to get the college experience, I was like, I don't know if I want to commit to something like this. But the member was like, you know, I'm busy as well, but I still make time for this. I was like, okay, well, <laughs> if that's the way, then sure, I'll go. So I went and loved it. I loved the teaching. It was something that sparked an interest in me or just a part of me that I didn't realize at that time. And eventually I just kept going week after week. Eventually got involved in the women's Bible study and large group. Did you have any kind of a faith background when you encountered InterVarsity or was this a new thing for you? No, my family grew up shaman, so I didn't have any idea what the church was like, didn't know anything about the Bible, so I had no idea what I was getting myself into. <laughs> what was that like coming from a shaman family into, I'm assuming that did you come to faith through InterVarsity? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was very scary. I remember crying. It still makes me emotional <laughs> because... My mom was very against it. All of the elders in my family were pretty much like, you're a Hmong woman who is going to marry somebody that may not be Christian. And if you marry another Hmong person who believes in shamanism, you are to follow their religion. And so that part was very scary, especially hearing that from my mom. But eventually, after having several conversations with them, 
about Christ and possibly converting, they're like, well, it's your life. You know, you can do whatever you want with it. It was scary at the moment, but eventually they grew to accept it, I guess, or come to terms with my choices. Wow. I can only imagine how difficult that must have been to walk through that with your family. Do you maintain a strong relationship together in this time, despite having different kind of religious views? Yeah, it's kind of crazy because my brother at that time was looking into God, which is kind of crazy because we're on our own journeys and we didn't even know that. But my mom, she started going to church and yeah, started going to church. She started questioning her faith and wondering what she should do for herself. And also my sisters have slowly become believers or believers that there's a higher power, which is kind of crazy. (laughs) So our conversations are very open now. I think we're very open to each other's growth and learning how God is showing up in each other's lives. That's where we're at right now. Okay, so you go to college, and early on in your time, you encounter InterVarsity. You don't know Jesus and start going because someone tells you, hey, I'm busy too. It's okay. We can still make this work. And then through that and getting connected to a small group, you come to know Jesus for yourself. Your brother is having this sort of parallel experience in his own life. And then the two of you are having this influence on your family as Jesus followers. Wow, that is amazing that you are in the midst of seeing family transformation, or at least there's movement happening in your family's lives because of you being faithful followers of Jesus, even though I would assume, could it have been a reaction as strong as rejection from your family? Yeah, I think so. Recognizing that those realities could have happened. What did your relationship with Jesus have to look like to be able to approach your family with such serious news? I started having those conversations when I was very young in my faith and During that time, I felt like my faith was very strong. I was very sure of what I wanted to do and what he thought of me and what he had in plans for me. This was a place that you felt firm of like, this is right. This is the direction that I should be moving. Jesus has something unique and special that I haven't found other places. And that knowing that made it worth approaching your family about the realities of your changing faith and even your changing allegiance from shamanism, from family expectations into, no, I'm pursuing Jesus now. And I think they saw how happy I was. They saw that I was moving towards something that I felt so much passion for and it reflected onto them. For people who might be listening that aren't really familiar with Hmong family interactions, can you share just a little bit about what the family unit looks like, how the family pursues life together, and even faith expectations and life decisions, what that looks like? Because I think that might help provide a little more context for this decision that you made. So my mom was a single mom for a very long time and then married into a shaman household and we would have rituals or gatherings a lot knowing that my grandfather was a shaman who performed those rituals we always had to attend those events it was just expected that family would always be there and perform those type of things and the women would perform stereotypical roles like be in the kitchen and serve the men first while the men were talking and I also felt like because my mom was a single mom for a very long time, the children were a bit more modernized. 
So we kind of struggled with sticking to those gender roles. Again, I can only speak from my experience. That's great. That helps fill in some gaps and helps provide a broader picture for people to know how your story fits into a bigger context. Thank you for sharing. That's really helpful to hear some of those things. You grew up having this spiritual practice that even if your family, as you said, maybe were a little more modernized in the way that you interacted with gender roles and things like that, but even so that you were a part of this family, that shamanism and those rituals, it was a family experience and you were expected to be there. You were expected to participate and to fulfill your role. And then you and other members of your family are starting to make these decisions to move away from some of those things. Are those still family events that you're expected to be at when those rituals are happening? What does that dynamic look like now that you're a Christian? Well, my mom and my stepfather got divorced. So my mom goes to church now. And so going to those type of events aren't really in our family dynamic anymore. I mean, despite the sadness of a relationship that's ended, there has been the freedom to explore further this faith that has been presented to your family and that people have been opening up to over the last few years. What a journey the introductory years of your faith have been. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Continuing on in this time period, are there things that you look back on during your time with InterVarsity and you say, this was a really fantastic memory with some of my friends or chapter members or things that were just really impactful for you personally during that time? It was my junior year and we were invited to go to HC3, Hmong Christian Conference. And throughout the weekend, we played games. It was so many bonding activities that it was just full of laughter. And the theme was the Holy Spirit as well. And I just felt the Holy Spirit in our presence. It was just a moment where we got to have conversations that were honest and talk about our current journey in our faith. It was a weekend where God truly showed up. And he showed up in an assertive and open way that moved not only me, but everybody there. And being able to witness that and being a part of that, I'll never forget that weekend. And knowing that we're all Hmong and that we can share similar backgrounds, it's very rewarding to know that there's a space there that is safe and that's there for you. And it kind of feels like God's kingdom, there's room for you. What an amazing opportunity to be able to step into that space that's been curated for you. People are wanting to attend to. This is who you are specifically. We're not trying to appeal to a broad group of people, but Ellen, you, we want you in this space. We want to speak to you into the life experiences that you've had and to help you grow in your faith journey in a way that is meaningful for you and for your community. That's really awesome to have been able to have a powerful experience that stands out so clearly for you as one of your top college and university experiences. So then continuing on, this was your junior year that we were just talking about. You're closing in on your senior year as you are looking out towards this world that's about to open up for you after graduation. What are the things that you are expecting your life to look like once you graduated? I honestly thought that I was going to land an internship in like a metropolitan city and live there and get a job there. My goal was New York, (laughs) to live the New York life. Relationships too. Okay, I feel like I'm a very career-oriented person. (laughs) And so I like to devote my time and work and really thrive in the work field. And I think my relationships would take a hit, whether that's family, friends, So yeah, that was the expectation. And then you graduate anticipating, all right, I'm going to do an internship in New York. I already know that I'm really 
motivated. And so maybe I'm not going to be developing a lot of relationships right off the bat here. I'm focused on getting myself set up well in this new place. And then you graduate. And then what happened? I feel like everything was set up before I graduated because of COVID. I finished my last two semesters online and all of my internships that I applied for outside of Wisconsin got canceled. So that was very disappointing. It was understandable because of COVID, but at the same time, it was a panic because I was questioning how am I going to graduate? For my program, you had to do at least one internship before you can graduate. So for all of my options to be gone, it was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Where do I go? Thankfully, I found an organization that I could intern for. But during that time and up to graduation, none of it worked out how I wanted it to. (laughs) I currently don't have a job. I've been applying to a handful of positions all over the country, and I've never heard from any one of them. I did one interview, but I didn't get the position. And it's very, very discouraging. If you were to hear back, they would say, oh, we found a candidate who is more qualified and just questioning, where am I going to get the experience if they want experience? But luckily, I found another internship site in the lacrosse area, learning more of the ins and outs of running a nonprofit organization. And then family, I feel like my family and I have become a lot more close. We talk pretty much every day (laughs) compared to before where we were all busy or I would prioritize school before talking to them or bonding time. But I'm learning more of how my nephew is interacting, his learning styles and everything like that. It's been really rewarding to be able to take this time and learn a bit more about my family members. I feel like saying that makes me seem like I don't know any of my family members, but I do. (laughs) It's just we were able to grow closer. That's really interesting to hear you share some of those things because when you were talking about your expectations post-graduation and talking about having this internship that you're really going to dig into, maybe even at the cost of developing relationships, and that you're saying the reality that you haven't had one of these big picture career internship that you actually have been able to continue investing in relationships in new and fresh ways and that's been really rewarding for you. It's kind of interesting to see how that's been flipped on its head and not what you were anticipating, but that it's still been this really great gift from God and a great time for you connecting with your family in meaningful ways. And that in the meantime, he is still providing in that direction all of these rejections that came for internships, but you did end up getting to do one and now have another one that you can step into and to keep building some of that experience that people were saying was lacking in your resume. It's just amazing that where you thought you were going to have to kind of pick one or the other, that God is saying, actually, I can give you all of these things. It's going to be different than you expected, but here you go. I would label that as experiencing God's abundance. I don't know how you would label it, but what has that experience been like for you? I feel like you putting all of that into words is kind of like a revelation for me. I kind of feel like I only got to choose one thing or I only got one thing from what I wanted. But truly, I get all of them um, just in a different way that I didn't expect. For you to say that, it was very rewarding. It's very, I'm so thankful that in this time, in this current climate as well, God is providing for me in ways that I never thought it would be like. That's really fantastic that in the midst of things not going the way that you anticipated, that you've been able to find things that are really helpful. Okay, so Ellen, I want to ask a question based on a couple of observations that I've made. Earlier, you talked about given the current climate, and then you also talked about having a communal space where you felt safe. 
and maybe this isn't even what you're talking about. So if I'm totally off base, I won't be offended whatsoever if you say, yeah, that's not really what I meant. But I do wonder, knowing the COVID realities that we've experienced and knowing that there's been an increase in racist outbursts towards Asian Americans, being among women, are there things that you've been experiencing in the last year as you've seen those realities happening that you feel comfortable sharing? I mean, recently with the news, I'm not surprised that these things are happening. It's been very difficult trying to show love towards people who hate you or have no reason but share violent things with you. Again, you don't have to go into deep personal things if it's not beneficial, but are those things that you've seen firsthand? If you count microaggressions, then yes, I have experienced those, but acts of violence towards me or those I know or love, I've never heard stories like that, but I've witnessed them happen to other people of color. So for me, are there ways that I can keep growing in what it looks like to partner well with people who are experiencing, whether it's personally or as part of a broader community, people who are experiencing hurt and pain in very real ways? I mean, I don't know if you already know this, but I feel like because you are a white male, more people are willing to talk to you and more people are willing to listen to you. And I think using your privilege to listen and create a space for others to listen to people of color's voices, it's very moving to inclusion and diversity. That's really helpful because really the broader vision for the After Four podcast is that this is a space for people to be able to share their stories. For your everyday alumni who may not typically get to share their stories, this is one opportunity for people to say, this is what life after college has looked like for me. And some people have a story that includes the things that you're sharing, Ellen, and some don't. So that's a good encouragement for me to keep pursuing that vision of creating space. And for people like me to be able to sit here and just listen to the stories that people are sharing from walks of life that I'm not in myself. Thanks a lot, Ellen, for sharing that. I appreciate that very much. In all honesty, I approach some of those questions with fear and trembling <laughs> because I know that so often when a person of color feels like a safe person, I'm probably not the only person that feels like you are a safe person. And then you are like inundated with people asking you, how can I do better? What can I do? How can I do this, that, and the other? And trying to sort out what are the right ways to ask for help and direction, but what are also the right ways for me to seek to grow and learn my own? So I, I appreciate your grace in humoring me in asking some of those questions and being willing to share as well. I appreciate that. Thanks for asking those questions. I know that sometimes we feel uncomfortable to ask those questions. Even I sometimes have to ask other people of color, oh, how do you ask this? Or how do you approach this? And so for you to even ask that, again, everybody's different, but to me, that's okay. So thanks for doing that. I appreciate that encouragement. So another question that I have for you, Ellen, is you're existing in this post-college and post-intervarsity space. Are there ways that you have identified of like, these are things that intervarsity was really helpful in preparing me for the next stage of my life? So I was a part of the large group planning committee, and I also led my own Bible study. And I was like that nervous anxiety <laughs> girl <laughs> I was so scared to present and to lead activities but taking on that challenge and being encouraged by every staff member and every leader it really pushed me to come out of my comfort zone and to learn more about my leadership skills 
through that experience, I learned about how bad I am at articulating things. <laughs> I also learned how I am good at like winging it and then being a leader and thriving in one-on-one -on -one conversations or thriving in small group activities. I feel like it's very useful, especially with the internship that I'm going to be doing now. I feel like I can use those skills in advocating and I facilitate like um, group meetings. So it gave you places that you could live into things that you already knew that you were good at to keep growing in some of those things, but also ways that you could either work on some things that weren't your strengths necessarily, or discover new strengths that you had that are going to be pretty applicable in this next phase of life. Are there places that you look at and you say, oh man, here's some gaps. Here's some things that I wish the InterVarsity had been able to prepare me a little bit better for. I think one would be the outcome of things. I think we're, I was so encouraged to go by faith and be ambitious. And sometimes I would get disappointed with the outcome. So something that I wish I learned early on, not be so down in the dumps when <laughs> something doesn't come out the way I expected. Which is interesting because even if you didn't feel like your college years prepared you well for those realities, that's something that God's been walking through with you in the last year, showing you, yeah, things aren't always going to go the way that you anticipated. Maybe things even often aren't going to go the way that you anticipated, but that I am with you in the midst of that and that I can actually provide you something even better than you anticipated. And it doesn't mean that there won't be pain. That can be a part of it as well, and it will be. But that's interesting to hear you say that as you've been sharing the stories of what the last year has been like. And again, to put those realities next to each other and say, God really stepped in and has been teaching you what it looks like to deal with missed expectations or with frustration and that there can be joy even in the midst of that pain and frustration. It's interesting to me to see the ways that those themes weave their way through your experiences. That's also interesting. I've learned to be more optimistic and more trusting of the journey and that everything's going to be fine. Something that I often say to myself is, it's okay. It's not a big deal because I know that whatever it is, God's going to provide. So I don't need to worry about these things and get so absorbed in these feeling. How often is our self-talk something so much more harsh than that instead of just being like, give yourself some grace and give yourself some space to learn. So in the year of experience that you've had and the things that have come your way, if you could tell somebody who's about to graduate, what would you tell them to help them step into this next phase of life? I would say have faith. I know that's very cliche to say, but truly have faith that it will work out. Something will work out, whether you like it or not, whether it's something that you expected or not, you will reach your destination at the end. And during that journey, don't forget to give yourself grace. These things happen. You're growing and learning through this whole entire process. Wow. I take those as very encouraging words for myself, <laughs> Ellen. Thank you. I will hold on to those things that would enrich our lives and the lives of other people if we were doing more frequently. Ellen, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for this conversation. It has really been a joy to hear your story. Thanks for having me. I remember your first guest saying this kind of feels like therapy. <laughs> it kind of does feel like therapy. Uh, but yeah, thanks for having me. How cool is that? A young woman whose family is being transformed because of her risky decision to follow Jesus. Someone who's learning firsthand what it looks like to walk with God in the midst of frustration and disappointment. 
someone who's seeing his goodness at work in unexpected ways. And how about those simple words of wisdom? It's okay. Have faith. I'm in the middle of this book called The Way of Discernment by Elizabeth Liebert, and in one of the chapters she talks about spiritual freedom and indifference. Not indifference in that we don't care, but indifference towards holding tightly to a particular outcome and being open to God leading us in a different direction than we might expect. We care less about the destination and more about following Jesus. We're indifferent to where we go as long as it's the way he's leading us. I think we can all take a page from Ellen's story and learn more about what it looks like to concern ourselves less with the final destination and more with being in step with God. Thanks a lot, Ellen, for sharing your story and providing those words of encouragement. That's it for now, but come on back next week when I chat with David, an alum from Michigan Tech. And if I have another embarrassing story to tell, I'll be sure to include that as well. Make sure you don't miss it. Follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Turn on notifications so you get updates when the new episodes drop. And be a pal to the podcast and your friends and forward after four onto everyone you know. It's the podcast for InterVarsity alumni, but let's be honest, your mom's going to like it too. Mine does. All right. See you next time, alumni.